lot has happened in the natural this week. Positive and negative. A lot happened in the early church in a week. In fact, a lot happened in the first few hours of the early church. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost at Pentecost, watch this. In six hours, they were on the streets preaching the gospel. They were being the church in just a few hours after fire set up on their heads and people could see it. Acts chapter 2, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in what? Shout it loud. One accord and in one place. And suddenly, how many knows the United States of America needs a suddenly moment? We, we don't need a, a gradual healing. We need God and a gradual change. We need the heart. We need a revival to happen. We need the Holy Ghost to pour out in this world. And we need people's hearts to change. This is a hard issue, people. It's a demonic issue. You know, I told y'all in the middle of the pandemic, when this pandemic is over with, you're going to have a story to tell. Who knew that even more was going to be added to that story? You are building your story now for what your children and your grandchildren are going to remember about this moment. This can be this nation's finest hour. This can be this, the church's finest hour. But we're going to have to swallow pride. We're going to have to kick over some sacred cows. We're going to have to address some things that we've been too afraid to address and let the chips fall where they may. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be silent anymore. Never was silent, but I'm certainly not going to be silent from this point forward. I wish I had five people just shout amen. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Filled all the house where they were sitting, appearing in cloven tones like as a fire set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I like what Rod Parsons said this morning. I was watching him this morning when I was getting ready. He said, we got a lot of Holy Ghost frilled people in the house of God, but not many Holy Ghost filled people in the house of God. He said, I'm tired of people having a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them others. Now watch this. Go back to that, to verse 1. Now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one, say it loud, accord. That word accord, well, I'll tell you what, I love studying the Greek, but... I don't know how to say hardly any of those words. So I'm just going to I'm going to do it Larry Raglan style, okay? This is the word for accord. Hamathamadden. Hamathamadden. That's that's my that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Praise God. Hamathamadden. Here's the definition though. From your Strong's concordance. Watch this. This is the definition of the word accord. With one mind, with one accord, with one passion. 
Oh, I ain't through, y'all. I got more to read on this definition. I'm just reading straight out of the Strong's Concordance. With one mind, one accord, and one passion. We might be in the same place, but do we have the same passion? Are we passionate about his passion? Who is his passion? What is his passion? It ain't a question of what is his passion. It should be who is his passion. His passion is people of every race, of every nationality. If they're breathing and they got blood in their body, he wants to see them born again. That's a good preaching out here. Now watch what it says in Strong's. I love this. It is, I'm just reading verbatim, a unique Greek word, the word accord, used 10 of its 12 New Testament occurrences in the book of Acts. So it's used 12 times in all of the New Testament, and 10 of those 12 are used in the book that describes the church. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Meaning this is a word that was really created to try to explain to us the church. It helps us understand the uniqueness of the Christian community. These are not my words. These are straight out of your strongs. Hamathamadon is a compound word of two words are y'all ready for this? That means to rush in a hurry in unison. Oh, oh, I ain't through yet. Now, this, this is the part maybe shout all over my house. The image of this word, straight from Strong's, is almost musical. Not my words. I've been preaching this for years, but never even looked up the word. I've been preaching what I'm about to tell you as an example to understand what is being said and never really even knew after 25 and a half years didn't take the time to look up the Greek word of the actual word accord. It says these words in strong. A number of notes are sounded which, while different, harmonize in pitch and tone. As the instruments of a great concert, I'm still reading from Strong's, under the direction of a concert master. Teaching us that the Holy Spirit blends together the lives of members of Christ's church. End of definition. Wow. See, we are crying out for unity. Somebody shout unity. And unity is great. Unity is amazing. But unity is where we get the word, or unity comes from the word, unison. There is God's unity, 
And then there is the world's unity. Unity is unison, meaning saying, sounding, and uh, developing a sound that is exactly the same by two or more people. Saying the same thing in unison, singing the same thing in the same note. Unison. The world is telling us that we need to be in unison with them. It's mighty quiet in this. I'd, I'd say it like Clint Brown said. It's mighty quiet in this Baptist church. But God said, I will share my glory with no one. So now there's power in unity in the natural. We need that. But we as believers have got to understand there's a greater level when we are in unity with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to church people, right? I'm talking to Christians, right? Y'all got that, right? I'm not telling you something you don't already know, right? Now listen. The world wants everyone saying the exact thing the exact same way and in the exact same tone. And if, the, if a pastor doesn't say what the atheist is saying exactly the same way with the same tone, they will do something in this culture called cancel you. Meaning, right now, there are pastors being canceled. Mean they're being blown up on social media. Their integrity is being destroyed. Now listen. Not because of what they didn't say. Because they've tried to speak. But they didn't say it the right way. In the right tone. To line up in unison with what people who don't even believe what we believe that think we're a bunch of freaks and idiots because we believe in a God we cannot see because our words and actions are not perfectly choreographed in unison with the God-haters, we as a church are going to be canceled. Jesus said, in the last days, not only will there be earthquakes, people preach about that all the time, pestilence, we're going through it right now, but he goes on to say, understand above all of that, that generation will be taken up before judges, questioned, put on trial, and killed for their faith. You better know there are people in this country and in this world who believe the greatest problem facing the entire world are those that believe in Jesus. If they could shut us up. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Oh, I'm feeling it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm beginning to feel tension. All of a sudden, I'm beginning to feel pushback right now. I can feel it. Are y'all praying for you, Pastor? I can feel it. I, listen, all I've said is, is biblical. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 1109, you're taking medicine. Go ahead and take that pill because I need you with me. 
But see, come up here, Austin. Run up here. Run up here. Now, come right here. Come right beside me. Come right beside me. Right beside me. I know we're not social distanced completely. Let's, let's, for the sake of, so that we don't get canceled, let's social distance. Okay. All right. So, I'm going to sing a note, and I want you to sing in unison with me, okay? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, go get your microphone. That was called unison. When you're learning a song, there's certain times and certain parts of the song See if it's on. Okay, all right. Together. Now, I want you to hit, spread them fingers out. Give me an octave of C, just the octave. Don't get fancy on me. Turn up his keys. Just C. Bang them with all four fingers. C. Okay. <laughs> he just shoved it down. <laughs> you now, cried. I, I really did. I convinced myself, my God, for the first time in my life, I just harmonized. No. Okay. Now watch this. Let's sing a song together. Can you sing with me in unison? Okay. Amazing grace, how sweet. The sound that saved a wretch like me. Now, wait a minute. Now, I guess he sounded okay, but I was amazing. Yes. But, but, now, now watch this. That sounded good, right? That is unison. Now, I am my own individual. I have my own wants, desires, thoughts. Are y'all hearing me? So does Austin. We just came together in unity. Give me that C octave again, just the C. Hit it hard, hit it hard, come on. Sounds pretty, right? Now give me an E octave. Now give me a G. Now, were they not all pretty by themselves? Come on, do something fancy. Just, just that, just that, just the. Oh, listen, for a Pentecostal, that sounds good because that makes me want to go. But now, listen. We just read to you what the word accord means. Play me the root note of a C, just the note. Play it loud. Second, second note. Third note. Boom, boom, boom. Do it. Boom, boom, boom. Do it like that. Now, would you agree that is three completely individual sounds? Do it again. But everything changes when you play them together. All three. Watch this. Now let's harmonize. Amazing. 
Play the piano. The sound that saved a wretch like me. Come on, y'all sing with me. Come on, come on. I once was lost. If you can sing in harmony, harmonize. But now I'm found was blind. But now I see. Shh, shh, shh. Anybody over here can sing harmony? Anybody can sing harmony? Can you sing harmony? Harmonize with me, sister. Come on, come on, come on. You might need to uh, <clears throat> audition, sister. Now, wait a minute. I just wanted to verify on this keyboard, there's white keys and there's black keys. Right next to each other, playing songs together. Come on, are y'all. Y'all just witnessed the black key and the white key sitting next to each other. Huh? Did you not? Harmony. Thank you, son. You can leave. He's, he's, he was raised by good parents. He, he had no idea it was time to go. You're welcome. You're welcome, sir. Just being good mannered. It's 11.16. I got to hurry. Do you understand the difference between unison? And not only did she harmonize, but she harmonized and she threw some rolls in there too. Huh? In other words, she said, let me show you how it's done, white boy. It's how you sing Amazing Grace. What y'all don't know, I've been saying for years, y'all think I'm white, but I ain't white, y'all. Y'all done figured that out, right? I ain't no white boy preacher. I am trapped in this body. This is not who I'm supposed to be. I Come on, y'all hear me. Still love you, Pastor? Because I ain't got to the good stuff yet. Now, everybody say this with me. Self, guard your heart. Here we go. You ain't got to say that. But. 
I understand why some people say what some of the things they say in response to the demon of racism. I understand what you think you're saying. But you don't a lot of times understand how it's being perceived on the other end of someone of another race. So here's one that a lot of people say that you need to hear my heart. It usually goes something like this, and I'm talking mainly to white people that say this. Well, I'm not, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. Well, then how do you get dressed? It is not a sin to see color. In fact, it is an assault against God to not see color. Because what you're saying is, is that if you don't see color, you're coming against the way God made somebody. Well, I wish I had five people that could help me. Ain't nobody cursed because of what color they got born in. God made them the way they are. And listen, instead of saying I'm colorblind, you need to open up your spirit, man, and see the value of every human being regardless of what color they are. And I know you what you mean. And I think most African Americans know what you're trying to say. I think they know that. But I think we need to begin to understand that God did not make mistakes on any human being. And if the truth be known, if you go back and search your lineage, some of you white boys that think you're pure white, you got some brothers in your, in your lineage. Come on. I'll just go ahead and tell you right now. You got some Jamaicans. You got, you got, some, you got some Latinos. Come on, somebody. You, you, you got some Italian. Huh? I found out years ago at one of my family reunions, they went back and researched and found that, that my family are direct descendants of a group, watch this, of triplet. Uh, we don't know which one of the triplets uh, we're from, but we know that we're from one of those triplets that were uh, three triplets born to slaves, and, and their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'll never forget that. Sitting, sitting in the restaurant and my aunt said, start tracing back, 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 back and said, my great, 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 great grandfather or something like that is a black brother, praise God. His name is either Shadrach, Meshach, nor Abednego. And I, I'm telling you, my family, I love my family, but they were all just like, what? And me and Sandy's over going, I'm going, yes. I'm going, Yes. I'll never forget, I looked at my wife, I said, that explains a lot. Yes. I was so excited, y'all. So one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to be able to meet Papa Shadrach, Papa Meshach, or Papa Abednego. I don't know which one. 
Man, that's awesome because that tells me, my God, whoever their parents was knew the word of God. No matter what, the horrible, demonic slavery that they were a part of, they looked at their triplets and said, I'll tell you what, my kids will not bow. I'm going to name them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They will not bow. I got news for you. I am not going to bow to the devil. I am not going to bow to this demon of racism, this demon of hatred that's trying to destroy our country. We will not bow to that demon. I ain't scared. Are you glad you got a pastor ain't scared? I ain't scared, y'all. I ain't scared, man. I'm too old to get scared now. Huh? This is who I am, man. Unity. Somebody shout unity. We understand unity means harm. Unity means unison. But now watch this. The most famous unity passage in all of Scripture is Psalm 133. It says, listen, Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in, say it loud, unity. It goes on to say, let's describe what happens when this happens. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge of the garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, somebody shout there. Unity. There the Lord commanded the blessing. Life evermore. He commands the blessing when the brethren dwell together in unity. Watch what he says. When unity happens, it's like the oil that's upon the head. Who is the head of the body of Christ? Jesus. Then it says it runs down to the beard. The beard of the body is the leadership of the local church. And let me just say, the reason the body is not experiencing the unity from the head is because the beard can't get together. Preachers having other preachers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, chewing them up and spitting them out. Is it any wonder that the body is divided because the beard is divided? I'm sorry, y'all. I keep looking at that camera. I, I forget to keep looking over at y'all. I got to come over and look at y'all for a minute. Y'all, I'm, not, I'm not forgetting about y'all. I used to do this all the time. Those eight weeks made me look at that camera. I forget the camera can actually follow me. So I just want to look at everybody, make sure everybody knows that I love them. Okay? That's creepy. Only your daughter. That's right. She is her father's daughter is all I'm going to say. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute.
Sometimes. I like to read it from another translation. Because if you read from correct other translations, you'll know that those translations might have different words, but they only have a few different words because these are a part of the original definition, but they help us understand them more. We just told you what accord meant, right? Watch this. I'm going to read the same passage from the New Living Translation. Now remember Acts 2, what I just talked about. How wonderful and pleasant, pleasant it is when brothers... Live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord pronounced his blessing. See, we're talking about open doors. Harmony opens the door to unity to the Holy Spirit. Here's the biggest problem in our country right now when it comes to racism, division, and so many other things. But it's mainly when you're talking about the division of races. Can I make it real with you today? We work together. We play sports together. We may grab lunch together. But we do not dwell together. It didn't say the blessing comes when we all go to a football game together. It says when we dwell together. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. The word dwell in the original Hebrew is the word yasab, which means to sit down. Oh, you can't handle this next one. In justice. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. How beautiful it is when brethren dwell together in unity and they take that unity to sit down together and they justly see each other the same way. Justice. System. Are y'all hearing me? It also means, Yashab means to remain. In other words, it's one thing to high five. You know, and here's another, here's another thing that, quite frankly, you, you, don't, you don't really need to say this because a lot of times the people that do say this are people who have some issues with race. Not all, not all. If you said this, I'm not condemning you as a racist or anything. But, you know, one of our quick go-to things is, I got a lot of friends that are black. Huh? Can I just be real? Can I just be real with you? Well, okay. Have they ever been on your back porch and you cooked a steak with them? Have you ever went to the lake with them? Come on, can I get an Amen. Have you ever invited them in your house and sit and watch a movie with and hang out with the way you do everybody else? Well! See, we're supposed to not just have a relationship, a friendship. We're supposed to have a relationship. We remain friends. Oh, here's another part. Oh, y'all ain't, surely to God you're going to be able to handle this one, but some people can't handle it. I'm just giving you the definitions in the strongest concordance of the word dwell. 
Yasab means to sit down in justice, to remain, to continue, and then as strange as it seems to some people, why this word would be in here? The fourth word is to marry. Huh? How beautiful it is when the people of God marry each other. Huh? Well, in other words, if you got all kinds of friends of all kinds of races, here's the big question. Would you let your daughter marry one? Would you let your son marry one of another race? If you can't say yes, I wonder if you're dwelling. Well, don't the Bible say birds of a feather flock together? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that. I don't care what your grandma told you. It doesn't say that. Is your pastor telling it like it is today? It is the truth. Now, I'm closing. I don't need y'all's help. Let me tell you something. I got to talk. I'm going to say something really important. As I've said earlier, I'm going to say it again. These are things that I just wrote as the Holy Spirit was speaking to. There are many people and organizations fighting to be the voice in your life right now. They are fighting to be the door to the information you process and they are fighting to be the door to your future. But I want you to hear what Jesus said about doors. John 10, verse 1. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Now, now you are a Christian, right? You are a child of God, right? That means you follow Jesus, right? These are the words of Jesus, not the words of Larry. In other words, he's saying, he's going to explain it further in just a moment, but you've got to get this before we go to verse 2. If the door that is being opened in front of you if the eyes and the ears are welcoming voices that have come into your life and put doors before you, and they have done that in the sheepfold, that's us, by another means than Jesus, they are a thief and a robber. They have an agenda. They are wanting to steal from you 
they are wanting to assault you. You got it? These are Jesus' words. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name. And here's the shouting line. And leads them out. You want to get out of the mess you want to, you, that you're in right now? You're looking for a door? You better make sure you get the right door. Because if you choose the wrong door, it's all it's doing is leading you from one bondage to the next. But if you want to come out of bondage, if you want to go into freedom, you better look for the right door, and you better get the right doorkeeper at the door. You better have Jesus on the door handle. Oh, I'm through. I'm almost through. To him the doorkeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls the sheep by name and leads them out. Here we go. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. See, the problem is we no longer know the voice of God. We can't differentiate the voice of God from the voice of religion or the voice of the devil. See, what you don't understand is the devil is very, very good at disguising his voice to sound like God. And I got news for you. You got a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing calling themselves reverends right now. Yet they, meaning the sheep, will by no means follow a stranger, but flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Now, here's my closing remark. Everything that glitters is not gold. And just because you stamp a REV at the front of your name or a pastor at the front of your name doesn't mean you're a shepherd. I'm telling you what, you got people that call themselves reverend so-and-so-and-so-and-so. They don't even believe in God. But just because they call themselves reverend, sheep be like, oh, he's a preacher. I need to follow him. He's a preacher. Isn't it convenient how politicians on both sides of the aisle will chip away at religious freedom, but when it's time to get votes, they'll find a scripture to quote or most of the time misquote. And most sheep don't even know they misquoted it because the sheep don't study the word for themselves. Lord have mercy. This is one of them no comeback sermons, but it can't be because I ain't going nowhere. You can't vote me out. <laughs> now watch this. I'm just closing number five. 
I skipped right over from one to five. I'm going fast because i got to still take up offerings, show announcements and all that and be a good person, good pastor that remembers all this stuff. And My wife will be happy. She won't be mad at me and everybody will be good and Monica won't blow me up on text. Don't forget the announcements. Watch this. Jesus continues. And here's the, here's the closing scripture that you need to go with you at this moment. In this day. He continues in the next verse in John chapter 10. Verse 7. He just got through explaining the whole thing about the door. And that's what he said. And they didn't get it. Because when he just said it, he used the illustration, they didn't get it. You're so funny, J.M. Then Jesus said to them again. How many is when somebody says something, especially when Jesus was so intentional with his words, if he's going to say something again, he realized you didn't get it. It seemed like it's pretty important that he wants you to get this. Huh? Jesus said to them again, what I'm trying to say to you is I am the door of the sheep. Is that pretty plain? All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. And the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10 is the famous one. Now you finally know the context of John 10.10. For the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So the whole John 10, 10 that we quote all the time, well, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus come to give me the abundant life. You need to understand, he's dealing, that scripture is a direct reflection of you understanding how to process the voices and the doors that are before you. The enemy is attempting to steal our unity, steal our joy, steal our faith, steal our integrity, steal our testimony to kill us in body, COVID-19, health in general, violence and in, in our influence to destroy the local church, your family, relationships through politics. Some of y'all can't even be friends with somebody if they, if they don't like the same political party with you right now. I'm talking about lifetime relationships. You've thrown them away. Some of the people you were raised in church with, cousins, families, aunts and uncles, you don't even want to see them. You don't want to see their face because they voted differently than you. What kind of door is in front of you? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but by me. While we're closing doors all over America, in the natural, some of them are opening back up. If we're not careful, we will swing doors open to the demonic in the spirit realm. Make sure you're walking through the right door. My concern, my greatest concern as a pastor is, is what is going to be left 
What, what is our story going to be? What is the church going to look like when we move to the next phase, the next season? You have to understand something. It seems like 2020 is the culmination of everything that's ever happened in the past all in one year, actually in half of one year. But things are changing. I truly believe this country, this time, is going to see some serious change. Am I going to say that horrible, heinous things are not going to happen again in the future? Can I tell you something? I can pretty much tell you that they are. I mean, they happen in the garden. A brother killed another brother in the Garden of Eden. That's the world we live in. We're never going to fix a sin-cursed world without Jesus. So when it's all said and done, I want to warn you of two things, caution you on two things. Watch what doors you've allowed to open in front of you. And be careful what bridges you're burning right now. Some of the bridges that you are burning because of people's stupidity, ignorance. If you're not careful, you will forget that God can change, can change anyone. Aren't you glad people are not judging you now based on who you used to be before Jesus? Huh? Amen. Come on, give him praise. Aren't you glad that people that are still in your life, that were in your life B.C., before Christ, stuck it out with you? They know the old you, and now they know the new you. They didn't burn that bridge. Be careful to not burn bridges on people just because they're stupid. Can I just tell it like it is? Pray for them. You know, on social, social media and Facebook and all this, do you know that you may not even know this? You don't even have to unfriend somebody. You can just unfollow them. You don't ever see them again. They're still there. And if they ever decide they want to reach out to you, they still can. Just take a break. Why don't you turn that stupid thing off anyway? <laughs> Bridges are being burned, y'all. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Tomorrow night on this stage, I want you all to pray for us. We're not going to have an audience because we want the pastors to speak freely from their heart. I want you to be praying. Tomorrow night on this platform, there's going to be three white pastors and three African-American pastors, all from different types of church from different walks of life, and a moderator. And we're, we don't have a time. We don't know how long we're going to go. But we're going to be set, spread out all the way across the stage, and we're going to discuss, frankly, and address head-on the issues that we're facing today. It's not going to be live-streamed. It's going to be recorded. And then it will be, uh, have the graphics put on it and so forth, and then it will be uploaded to the Internet for everybody to see. Because we, along with these other pastors and many other pastors, I've said, 
because I have, I have pastor friends of every race. In fact, I have more African-American pastor friends, really, than I do white pastor friends. That's the truth and the fact. And I, I know what I just said a while ago. That ain't one of them statements. I got some black pastor friends, you know. No, I'm talking about real friends that we hang out with, that we do life with, we talk on the phone till late at night, that mentor me, that pour into my life. We've decided we're not going to be silent. We're going to be a voice, and we're going to let people ask questions, share their hearts. If they're confused, get answers. We're going to speak frankly. But the men of God that are going to speak in this and other men of God that are going to speak in future things that we're going to do, these are not just reverends. These are shepherds. These are men of God who are walking through the right doors and are teaching their congregations to walk through the right doors. So will you pray for us tomorrow night around 7 o'clock, wherever you're at, if you can just remember, God, touch those pastors to be a voice and a light in the midst of darkness, salt to flavor the world in which we live in. Will you do that? Come on. Amen. Amen.